1: This is from a video they play at the Natural History Museum here in Los Angeles. Shows paleontologists out there in the dirt with the winds and the rocks. They're looking for fossils. They're looking for dinosaurs. And I know this one well because I like to go and see the dinosaurs pretty regularly. I sit right under the big ones and just think about what they must have been like. This is something I never outgrew. And on that note, when was the last time somebody asked you what your favorite dinosaur was? Because for some reason that stops once we're not kids. Nobody asks it anymore. But I don't think it should stop. So what's your favorite dinosaur? Cause I've got questions. It's Mike, and in my closet at home, a Jurassic Park shirt. On my bookshelf, dinosaur books. In my cabinet, a mug where the handle is like one of the long necks, it's the neck. You get the idea. This is the Dinosaur Show, and I'm thinking we call this Dinosaurs for Adults. What's changed since some of us were kids? What didn't we realize then? I went to my spot, the museum here in LA, met Luis Chiapi and Nate Smith, the director and the curator of the Dinosaur Institute.
2: So who do they like? T-Rex is probably one of my favorites. You know, I'm sure that I share that with uh, tens of millions of people around the world.
1: That's Luis. We're gonna wait to hear Nate's at the end of the show. It's gonna help us to make a point. But yeah, might as well start with the king.
2: I mean, I remember very, very vividly. I did not grow up in the US and T-Rex is essentially an, an American dinosaur. So while I had studied the bones I was face-to-face with a T-Rex as an adult. I can't explain. It was really amazing. Because it
1: looks cool, right? And it's also got all the movie pop culture significance, but also the brain, not dumb. They think chimpanzee-level intelligence and then there's the teeth
2: t-rex had teeth at least a foot long and certainly had a very powerful bite
1: how powerful well one of the dino books on my shelf says an adult could bite through a car now swap car with unlucky other dinosaur and it means they didn't eat around the bone they just went through through the bones big bite and then they ripped all the way back and up picture that for a second. And now, picture something that didn't make it into the posters and into the movies. Feathers.
2: There is little doubt that they had feathers. Now, that doesn't mean that their feathers look like the feathers of a pigeon.
1: Think more like hair, kind of sticking out from in between the scales. Single filaments that cover the body or portions of the body. And why were they there? Probably either to keep the T-Rex warm or for display. Finding somebody special.
2: It's perfectly possible that they serve both functions at the same time, just the same way that they do those two functions in modern birds.
1: Because as you probably heard before, birds are dinosaurs. They're the descendants. We'll have more on that later. But right now, the big thing we didn't realize when we were smaller, they didn't all know each other. Here's Nate.
0: Dinosaurs existed for hundreds of millions of years. So you can have kind of fun little thought experiments where, sure, Tyrannosaurus and Triceratops lived at the same time, but there's actually less time kind of separating us and them than there is separating Tyrannosaurus and, say, Stegosaurus, which is pretty wild.
1: If you need a quick refresher course, the Stegosaurus was the guy with the plates on the back and the spikes on the tail. The Triceratops had his horns on his head. But to go back to that last point, There was like 90 million years separating the Stegosaurus and the T-Rex, and there's 65 million separating us and the T-Rex. And it was pretty much the toy stores that confused us.
0: Well, yeah, you get one bag, right, that's got them all in there. We can forgive that.
1: (laughs) And in that bag, it wasn't everybody. We are still finding new dinosaurs.
2: All the time. Probably dozens of new dinosaurs on an annual basis. Most dinosaurs are incomplete you know most dinosaurs are really known not only by a single individual but by an individual that maybe is preserved by five bones or ten bones or two bones not at all the 200 or 200 plus in a skeleton
1: and the best example of that is argentinosaurus one of the long necks we only have like one vertebrae from this guy and a couple other pieces But based on how big that is, you can go to the family tree and say, well, this is what the other ones looked like. And then you kind of build the model from there and you figure out it was probably the largest thing to ever walk and it weighed more than a 737 and the fun thing is if you kind of
0: look at how we keep adding them up and as Luis notes dozens and dozens every year we're kind of in the
1: growth phase it's a hot jurassic job market but you gotta learn to go with the flow a little bit look at old pictures of the t-rex in museums we'll go back to it for a second arms were out front standing straight tail was dragging on the ground these days more horizontal head is forward arms are down tail in line with the back.
0: Yeah, it's fun to look back and, you know, see uh, an old T-Rex mount in its kind of kangaroo pose. (laughs) You know, we have so much more information just in terms of new fossils, but also new ways of kind of modeling what their anatomy would have been like, what their musculature would have been like, how they would have walked and moved.
1: Or how much they had to eat. The leaf eaters, whole tops of trees, one theory for the next. You needed so much food, you didn't have time to walk around to find it, you'd die. So you stood there and went from treetop to treetop with your neck. And here's what else you can see now with greater regularity. What's the actual find and then what has been pieced together to fill out the skeleton?
0: We have diagrams to go along with basically those displays that clearly show kind of which parts are potentially cast from other animals or other specimens. Um, And we're fortunate enough that our dinosaur hall, a lot of the specimens that are on display are the real material. So you're looking at totally unique stuff
1: that you can't see anywhere else. So now you see why I like to go. They've got the good stuff. Let's round this out with a couple more things. What makes these guys go, wow? What do they think is cool?
2: I like to think of the fact that dinosaurs you know, the big dinosaurs for their big sizes, they hatched very small. They hatched essentially with the weight that was certainly less than the weight of a newborn baby, a human newborn baby. In roughly the same amount of time that we become from being a baby to an adult, These dinosaurs reach sizes of tons incredibly fast in comparison to us.
1: And that's always one of the big picture things when you talk to guys like this. Dinosaurs were not a failure. They were a success. They knew what they were doing. They ruled the earth for a really long time. And had it not been for that rock from outer space, things probably would have been a whole lot different. But as we promised before, look out the window and look for a bird.
2: You know, the idea of... The dinosaur as something that's not just a failure, but also that's something that is old. We live in the world of dinosaurs. Then I mean, there are more living dinosaurs around us than living mammals.
1: Now, chickens, not as terrifying as a velociraptor, although some are very angry. But here is where we come back to Nate's favorite dinosaur. It's alive today.
0: Yeah, well, I always like to cheat. My favorite dinosaur is Baliniceps rex, the
1: shoebill stork. And let me tell you, I am obsessed with this thing. The shoebill has gone viral recently. And this is probably a podcast faux pas, but I'm going to tell you right now, if you're not driving, to hit pause and Google the shoebill stork, S-H-O-E-B-I-L-L, stork. I'll give you a second here. All right. For those of you who stayed, thanks. For those of you who are back, did you see this thing? it looks like a Muppet, but also terrifying. I have a friend, (laughs) and every morning I send him one on Instagram to wake him up. I call it the good luck bird. He doesn't see the humor in this. I think it's hilarious. But basically, my final point here, you cannot tell me that that thing is not a dinosaur. I've always wanted to be out there chiseling away, but at least I get to hammer away at these things. If you want to shoot me an email, let me know what you thought of the stork and uh, let me know more questions. I've got questions at odyssey.com, A-U-D-A-C-Y or KNX Simpson on Twitter. Rate, review if you got a second, means a lot. New episodes on Thursdays. This episode is brought to you by
0: Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue. And guess what?